Amen. Wonderful. Great to worship together. Thank you, Tony, for leading us in communion. We've been for the last few weeks exploring uh, or begun exploring the first three chapters of the Bible, Genesis 1, 2, and 3. And we're going to continue to do that this morning. You should know the first few words of the Bible off by heart by now. In the beginning... Ooh, it's all right, some of you know it. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It's how the book of Genesis begins. It's how the Bible begins. And it really is how the story of the universe begins. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In many ways, those first few words are like a summary of the rest of chapter 1 and chapter 2 of Genesis. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We might paraphrase, paraphrase it by saying, in the beginning, God created everything. Everything that we see, everything that is. Planets, stars, sea, land, animals, birds. God made it all. That's what we get in those first few words of the book of Genesis. And the rest of chapter 1 really is an unpacking of that first sentence. We hit verse 2 and we begin to get a little bit more detail about how exactly God created the heavens and the earth. And what we get in verse 2 is a description of what the earth was like before God began his work of creation. And it says this, the earth was without form and void. It's an interesting description. Other translations might say the earth was formless and empty or formless and desolate now, one particularly catchy translation says, the earth was wild and waste. Wild and waste. It's an interesting description. And we don't know exactly what it looked like back then, but essentially there was nothing, no shape, no structure, no objects, no solid things to cast your eyes on or to grab a hold of. The earth was formless, no shape to it. And empty, nothing in it. And then it says, and darkness was over the face of the deep. Some translations will say darkness was over the face of the deep waters. An interesting description of what earth was like way back at the beginning. No shape, no structure, and just dark over the face of the deep. Sounds to me like there was water there at the beginning. Deep, deep, deep water and thick darkness. That's what it was like at the beginning, according to Genesis chapter 1. And so... Imagine yourself for a moment 
in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, thousands of miles from land, in the middle of the night. It doesn't sound like a nice place to be, right? But imagine you're there, and all there is is water, and there's nothing around you. You cannot see anything. No light, no objects, no land, nothing. And you look up and still nothing. No stars, no moon, no planets, no lights, no aeroplanes, nothing. Just deep, deep water and thick, thick darkness. I think that's kind of what Genesis 1 verse 2 is asking us to imagine as it describes what the earth was like way back at the beginning. And it's a terrifying thing to imagine. That is not a place that I would want to be. One of my greatest fears is being marooned in the middle of the ocean at the middle of the night. I mean, that is not somewhere I want to be. I don't know about you. Some of you fishermen might be well up for it, Tim. Maybe you're happy to do that sort of thing. But I'm not. No way would I want to be marooned in the middle of the ocean in the middle of the night. That's a terrifying place to be. Imagine how you would feel in that place. Deep waters and thick darkness. Imagine the loneliness that you would feel. Imagine the terror and the fear that would grip your entire being. Imagine the sense of hopelessness and helplessness and despair. Imagine the vulnerability that you would feel. Well, that was the condition of the earth way back at the beginning of the story. Formless and empty and dark. Terrifying, desperate description of what the earth was like. And I think if we're being honest friends, I think there are times in life where it feels like we're being pulled back to a world just like that. Not literally, of course, but there are moments in life where emotionally, spiritually and mentally, it feels like we're living in a world that is shapeless and empty and dark. Because life has this way of beating you up at times, doesn't it? Life has a way of throwing pain at you and deep, deep heartache. And in those moments, I'm sure you can all relate to some degree, in those moments it kind of feels like you're living in a world that is formless and void. And all you can see is nothing but darkness. You know, it's interesting, some of the characters that we meet in the Bible would often describe moments of intense pain and anguish using the language of Genesis 1 verse 2. Listen to this prayer or this poem from King David in Psalm 69. You can flick it on, please, uh, Nigel. That would be great. Listen to this prayer. Save me, O God, for the waters, the waters have come up to my neck. I sink in deep mire where there is no foothold. 
I have come into deep waters and the flood sweeps over me. It was King David describing an experience or a moment of intense anguish in his life. There's another place in the book of Job. You know the story of Job. If you don't, let me just fill you in. Job was a righteous man, but things went really bad for him. Desperately bad. He went through an excruciatingly painful and difficult set of circumstances in his life. And at one particular point, as he was processing this pain and this anguish, one of his friends comes and describes his his experience using these words. Flick it on for me, please. Nigel, that'd be great. This is Job's experience. Snares are all around you, and sudden terror overwhelms you, or darkness, so that you cannot see, and a flood of water covers you darkness deep water it's the language of genesis 1 verse 2 or how about another psalmist in psalm 88 which is one of the least hopeful and perhaps most desperate psalms included in the bible but this is what someone says in a moment of deep pain why lord do you reject me and hide your face from me From my youth I have suffered and been close to death. I have borne your terrors and I'm in despair. Your wrath has swept over me. Your terrors have destroyed me. All day long they surround me like a flood. And they have completely engulfed me. You have taken from me, friend and neighbor, darkness. Darkness is my closest Friend, there's a man right there who feels like he's living in an empty and formless and dark world. He wasn't literally, but the pain and the anguish that he was suffering made him feel like his world was just dark and deep water. It's interesting, isn't it? In the Bible, we see these these characters who go through moments of intense pain and anguish, and they describe it using the language of Genesis 1, verse 2. And we do this as well, don't we? We still do this today, don't we? When we're in a moment, a bad moment in life, we'll often describe ourselves as being in a dark place. When life is heavy and burdensome and we feel like we can't cope because of one thing or another, we'll often describe it as feeling like we're drowning, won't we? We use that language still today. You see, there are things that happen in life that make us feel like we're being pulled back into the world that is described for us in Genesis 1 verse 2. Empty, formless, and nothing But darkness, let's be honest, friends, life can and does sometimes feel just like that. But here's what I want us to take a hold of this morning. Here's what I want us to know this morning. Is that even though the world was empty and formless and dark, there was something else there at the time as well. The earth was without form and void, the Bible says, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God 
was hovering over the face of the waters. Even in the emptiness, even in the darkness, the Spirit of God was there, hovering, hovering over the face of the deep. It's interesting imagery, isn't it? To describe the Spirit of God. It really captured my attention this week as I was studying and preparing this. And I began to wonder, is there anywhere else in the Bible where God is described as hovering over something? And so I did a little search. And would you believe it, there is. There's a couple of places where we read about God hovering. One particularly explicit place is in Deuteronomy chapter 32. In that chapter, you've got Moses, who many would believe uh, wrote Genesis 1 as well, but there's some discussion about that. But Moses in Deuteronomy 32, he's singing a song. And the song is about the way God chose and appointed and rescued the people of Israel and made them his treasured possession. That's what the song is about. And Moses describes it like this. In a desert land, he, that is God, found him, that is Israel, God. In a barren and howling waste, that sounds a little bit like Genesis 1 verse 2 as well, doesn't it? He, God, shielded him and cared for him. He guarded him as the apple of his eye, like an eagle that stirs up its nest and hovers over its young, that spreads its wings to catch them and carries them aloft. What a beautiful picture of the tender care and kindness of God. Just like a mother eagle hovers over her, I don't know what they're called, chicks, babies? What are baby eagles called? What's that? Piglets? Oh, eaglets. It's going to say that's strange. Is that what they call them in Australia? Eaglets. Just the way a, 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 a mother eagle hovers over her babies, over her eaglets, protecting, defending, providing, delighting in them. That's what God does for his people. And that's what God was doing way back, even in Genesis 1 verse 2. There is another place in the Bible where we read about God hovering like a bird. It's not quite as explicit as it is here in Genesis 32. But do you remember when Jesus was baptized? You remember that? Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. And well, let's read it together. When Jesus was baptized... Immediately he came up from the water and behold, the heavens were open to him and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my well-beloved Son with whom I am well-pleased. The Spirit of God in the form of a bird 
hovering over the Son of God, expressing his delight and his pleasure in him. And so when the Spirit of God hovers, what it means is, is, is it's a God who's protecting, defending, caring, and delighting in what he has made. And isn't it interesting that this is the very first picture we get of God in the Bible. The very first picture we get of God in the Bible is of a God who is tender and caring and gentle and loving and delighting in what he has made. It's a beautiful picture of God. We're going to see God's power, his unrivaled power soon. We thought about that a little bit last week. Because in just a few moments, God is going to begin to speak. And when he speaks, things are going to happen. God's about to display his ferocious, unrivaled power. But before he does that, he's displaying his tender-hearted care. As he hovers like a dove over the darkness over the deep and I do think friends that there is a profound lesson for us to grab a hold of this morning and it might even be something that God wants to speak to you right now in this moment And this is what I think God wants to teach us this morning, is that even in those moments in life where it feels like the world is empty and void and there's nothing but deep water and thick darkness, God wants us to know that even there, he is not absent. He is not absent, even in that place, even in those moments, God is hovering over you like a bird hovering over its babies, protecting, defending, caring, loving, providing, and delighting in you. You know, in times of darkness, it can be really easy, can't it? In times of darkness and overwhelming anguish, it can be really easy to begin to believe that God's abandoned us, can't it? That's what the psalmist thought. Do you remember in Psalm 88, he says, Why, God, have you rejected me? Why have you hidden your face from me? All I can see is darkness. You see, the psalmist was going through a moment in his life where it just began to feel like God had left him and abandoned him. But even in the first couple of sentences in the Bible, God wants us. God wants you to know that even in the darkness, even in the void, he is present there. Even in the void, he is present there. This is what King David discovered as he walked with God. And you know that famous psalm. In fact, Dave even prayed this psalm as we were praying out there earlier this morning. You know the psalm, don't you? where David is declaring the greatness of God, the omniscience of God, the omnipresence of God, the omnipotence of God. This is what David learned about God. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up 
to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me. Even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. These are the words of King David. And what he had discovered over his journey of walking with God is that God is so big that there is nowhere you can go to escape from him. If you go up, he's there. If you go down, he's there. If you go west, he's there. If you go east, he's there. There is nowhere you can go to escape the bigness and the presence of God. No matter where you are or where you go, he is there. Now, for many people, this might not sound like a very comforting thing, right? Because if we're not careful, this description of God may make him sound like some sort of creepy stalker. He's always got his eye on you, you know, like big brother, never taking his eye off you, always stalking you in the dark, making sure that you don't misbehave and making sure that you get everything right. And so if that's kind of your perception of who God is, well, then verses like this become a real threat to me and they become a real terror to me. But if we remember, friends, that the first picture we get of God in the Bible is one where he is hovering with delight and with care and with tenderness and with kindness, well, then verses like these become the deepest of comforts to me because we know that wherever we end up, wherever we go, whether it's because of our own foolish decisions or whether it's just because life has had its wicked way with us, wherever we end up, God is there hovering over us wanting to guide and protect and lead and care for those that he loves. And so these verses about the bigness of God, when coupled with the imagery of God as a tender, caring, loving dove that flutters over its babies, these verses become the deepest of comforts to us. And I want you to be comforted this morning. I want you to be comforted this morning. I want you to know that, hey, even if it feels like the world is empty and void and that all you can see is darkness, I want you to know that even there, God is with you. Hovering over you with tender-hearted kindness, with deep delight in you. You know, you don't get this picture of God in any other world religion. I was uh, researching this week the, um, the creation story as the religion of Islam believes it. I was doing a bit of study, and again, I'm not an expert in world religion, but it's interesting because the story of creation, according to the Islamic faith, which is the second biggest you know, most popular faith in the world, um, many of the details of the story are actually similar to the story that the Bible gives us about how the universe was created. It, it begins in the same place. There's just deep water and darkness. But according to the Islamic faith, 
God's throne was over the waters. Right? God's throne was over the waters. That's a very different picture to the one we're given in Genesis 1. Because for a throne to be over the waters, it displays the authority, the power, and the greatness of God. Now, of course, we believe that our God is those things as well. In fact, the Bible says on many, many different occasions that God is enthroned above the circle of the earth. So don't get me wrong. God is big and unrivaled in power and unmatched in glory. But isn't it interesting that the first picture we get of the God of creation is not a picture of a throne, but a picture of a bird fluttering with tenderness and with gentleness. See, this is who God is. You know, when God appeared to Moses and declared who he was to Moses, what are the first words that God used to describe himself? Exodus 34, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God. Don't get me wrong, God's big. Awesome. God's terrifyingly powerful. Don't get me wrong, of course he is. But the first words that God uses to describe his own character are compassionate, gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love. You see, I think that really, really marries up nicely with the picture that we get of God here in Genesis 1 verse 2. He's hovering like a dove. He's hovering like a dove. And so this morning, friends, I feel like God really wants you to be comforted by his presence. No matter how life may be feeling for you this morning, no matter what the world may look like to you today, I want you to know, or God wants you to know, that he's there. He is there with you. And he will never leave you. And so he wants to comfort you with his tender presence this morning but he also wants to fill you with hope you know even if it feels like the world is dark and empty and shapeless right now God wants to fill you with hope and he wants you to know that it won't always be this way because just as in the beginning God didn't leave the world empty and void and dark in a moment God spoke let there be light let there be light. And there was light. And so if you're feeling in an empty and dark and a desperate place this morning, God firstly wants you to know that he's there. And secondly, he wants you to know that it won't always be that way. Because he will speak light into that darkness. And we haven't got time to reflect on that, so we're going to have to push it forward uh, to next week. We're going to think about light next week. Let there be light. But for this morning, I just want to pray that God would comfort you with his presence. I want to pray that just as God hovered over the deep and in the darkness, I want to pray that God would hover over us this morning and that we would be so very aware of his presence, of his tender, gentle, 
kind presence. I want to pray that God would, just as he hovered over Jesus and declared his delight in his son, I want to pray that God would hover over us this morning and make known to us how much he delights in us. This is my beloved with whom I am well pleased. So let's pray, shall we? And I'm going to invite Alan. He's going to come and close our time together by singing a song, celebrating the goodness of God. But let's pray. And I want to ask that God would descend upon us by his spirit. So, Lord, even in the dark and even in the deep, you were there. And Lord, some of us in this room this morning feel like we're in the dark and we're in the deep. But Lord, thank you that you are there. Thank you that you're hovering over us, Lord. You're hovering over us with tenderness and love and kindness and gentleness and compassion. Thank you, Lord, that that is who you are. And I pray, Lord, this morning for anyone in this room who is in need right now of a very special sense of your presence, I ask that you would give it to them this morning. anyone this morning who feels crushed or weighed down by a sense of um, feeling like you're disappointed in them or feeling like they've let you down or feeling like you've abandoned them Lord I pray that just as your spirit descended upon Jesus and declared your delight in him I pray Lord that we would know your delight in us this morning. Lord, even as your word declares, you take great delight in us. You rejoice over us with singing. Lord, I pray that we would know the reality of that as you send your Holy Spirit to hover over us. Oh, Lord, minister to our hearts. Thank you, Lord, for who you are. Thank you for your word. Thank you for what it reveals to us about who you are. We bless you. We honor you. We invite you, Lord, to minister to us this morning. And in your name we pray. Amen.